two things. We haven't determined what podcast this is and um, <laughs> what we're going to talk about. Well, I guess we kind of know what we're going to talk about. But the third thing was uh, I think we're going to come out of this thing with some innovation here. I, I really think there could be some things that we just are adapting to now that we might just keep going. Oh, I right? totally agree. Um, had I, I known about this, had, like the quality, audio quality on a Skype call is better than a phone, right? So why yeah. wouldn't I do this all the time? Why am I always using yeah, the phone? Agreed. I mean, because we get we get set in our ways. We're creatures of habit. Yeah. And until until you're pushed, sometimes you never try. I, so I totally agree. You know, like I've, as I mentioned earlier, I just I've learned a whole bunch of new platforms that I perhaps probably wouldn't have ever gotten off my duff to do anything about just because I didn't have to do it. Right. Uh, but now that you're, you know, put into these situations, now what will be interesting, right, is to see if this continues moving forward. So do you and I, for the future, like, do I bother coming down to the dome to do a podcast with you, or well, do you? Well, I like, still think. Don't you think? No, I mean, no, no, and that's I no, no. So I, I, I think I know what you're going to say. No, you don't. I, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> and I, and I, <laughs> and I would agree. I would prefer to be doing this sitting beside you. Correct. But like, this is pretty, this is pretty astounding the way that I'm looking at you. Um, it's as if we're in the same room. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the first time outstanding and looking at you, Rob, has ever been used together. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I had Peter, we did one with Peter Marr a, a couple of uh, weeks ago and he did it on the phone and we were just talking about the technology. And I think back to when, even when I came to Calgary in 2003, we were recording interviews on mini discs Mm -hmm. And then we were uploading onto an FTP site. And then the, it was going up to the FTP site. Mm -hmm. And then the radio station would pull it down from the FTP site. Um, if this unfortunate event were taking place 30 years ago before the advent of the Internet, um, yeah. with all, yeah. you know, we are, I don't, we're not fortunate to be where we are, David, but we are fortunate to have the technology that we have in this moment, I think. No, I know. I, I agree completely. Here, I'm just gonna set this up. Where right are here. you going? All of a sudden, you're okay. Perfect. Um, are you dressing every day? Are you are you are you lounging around? I did. I did put on a collared shirt today, just because I knew that I was having this Skype call. Yes, because of this podcast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I did. I I actually. I, so we had a class this morning, an online class, and my students can see me. Um, as as I'm speaking to them, so yeah, I actually did shower and put on a collared shirt this morning. So tell Although me, that, so tell me about that because, and again, not to make light of it, but you are a guy that uses a lot of technology in your classes. You'll bring in uh, lectures from around the world. You have taught a class, if I remember correctly, in Norway, uh, Belgium. I, Belgium. I just finished. I just finished teaching that class this week, actually. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, technology is fabulous in that respect, right? So, I mean. You think about the ability. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure you saw the tweet about uh, Peyton Manning um, joining a, a fourth-year communications class at the University of Tennessee by Zoom no. as a surprise. Well, anyway, so the instructor who had gotten to know Manning, I guess, when he was a student there, going back decades ago as a football player, um, invited him to to come in onto the online class, and it was the Zoom platform that you were making reference to earlier. So you've got all the boxes and the screen, and all of a sudden Peyton Manning just shows up, kind of ten minutes into the class, right? Um, as if he's just a regular student, and you know, but you know, a bunch of you can you can see the the looks on the faces of the <laughs> students, so they're you know shocked and surprised suddenly to see Peyton Manning. Anyways, this morning. I had my sport management uh, class, the one that you and David Finch spoke yeah. at uh, earlier in the semester. And we had uh, David Grevenberg, who's the CEO of the International Commonwealth Games Federation based in London. Um, so he he joined the class uh, from London, England. You know what I mean? Like, and so yeah. it, it was quite seamless. It was quite easy to do. And he, you know, he talked about the Commonwealth Games and he talked to the students about all kinds of, you know, other, you know, his own professional paths, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just thinking, like, that's it's astounding that we're able to do it really with little effort, you know, quite honestly. Um, and then you think about this class that I'm teaching for it's a grad course at uh, KU Leuven in Belgium. And there's a handful of students from all over the globe that are taking the class. And because of, of COVID, they're actually not even allowed outside of their dorm rooms. So they're all in their dorm rooms in Leuven, yeah. but it, it would be the same as me talking to them as if they were all in different countries. And we're 
they're presenting, we're having conversations, we're covering the course material in an online format as opposed to me flying over there. Leuven, uh Go fighting squirrels. What are what's the uh, what's the uh, mascot over there? I forget. They do have a Div Three soccer team. Leuven is best known because that's where uh, Stella Artois. Um, oh, is that a is that an alcoholic beverage? Yeah, that it would is. be a beer. That would um, be a beer. Okay. Yeah, and what what's funny is they treat Stella in Leuven the same way that we might make reference to Lucky Lager here. Um, so they don't think they don't think Leuven is a yeah yeah a snooty kind of upper crust beer, whereas it totally gets positioned that way here in the North American context. Hundred percent. I, I digress. No, you don't. So tell me about <laughs> students and the, and the learning. Are they showing up? Like it seems to me like as an instructor now, you should have pretty full classes, shouldn't you? Like there shouldn't really be any excuses for not showing. Oh, the bus was late. I don't know what to tell you, Prof. Well, you know what's interesting though mm. is. Um, I have had a couple of students who live in rural Alberta, so they've gone home now, uh-huh. and, and their connectivity is not great. Really? Uh, and, I, you know, you kind of forget that sometimes, that, you know, we're all these urban dwellers and our access to Internet is easy. Um, but I've had a couple of students who have talked about the difficulty that they're having uh, logging in and actually participating in the lectures via distance and stuff like that. And again, it's because it's so expensive or it's just so laggy um, that they can't, they can't do it. I've had a couple of students too, cause I've asked them to present and they would make, they would say to me that their laptops don't have microphones um, or these things. And I'm like, really? But you know, I think, so is that the new, my dog ate my homework? Well, so part of me, you know, part of me wants to, you know, say, are they telling me the truth? But part of me also has to be respectful and recognize maybe, listen, I don't know. I don't know the backgrounds of my students intimately. I, you know, I mean, who am I to challenge and to question their availability and accessibility to technology? And maybe it's not as universal as sometimes we think it is. Right. And now that we're unable to access libraries and, you know, go to the Tim Hortons to get Wi-Fi, Maybe it's not as seamless as perhaps sometimes we think it is. No, it, it, look, I, I, I'm a little bit leery about quoting things that I've read just because right now you have to be very <laughs> careful and source material. Um, but I understand that Netflix is dumbing down um, what they, uh, uh, the quality because they want to be respectful of bandwidth. Uh, we mentioned Zoom and Skype and all of that. I can only imagine the burden that, wasn't there a month ago in this type of technology um it's probably being used at at a rate and and with a pressure that was never expected i had a call this morning um with about six or seven people mostly in alberta with a couple outside of alberta and initially it was a phone call so we were all calling into the same system and there were about three people that just couldn't even get through um, to log into the call. So ultimately, you know, as the rest of us are online, we think, okay, we'll go to a Zoom platform. And then even then it was difficult getting on. And then even then there were some lags insofar as, so I think you're right. I, you know, a crisis like this has suddenly taxed sure. the internet system and all these other communication uh, models that we have probably way beyond what they anticipated. Um, we're 10 minutes in. Which podcast are we doing? Because <laughs> um, I'm doing the new one that drops daily. Um, yeah. the original six feet conversation podcast, or yeah. we can do our own. We've solved nothing podcast. I, I, it's, it's your choice. I mean, well, let's do the, let's do the, we've solved nothing. Cause I am not of the same caliber of the other people that you've had on the other, oh, sir, you are, you are the epicenter of uh, sports management in Calgary. You are yeah. the go-to oh, guy. You are the guru. You are the probably rather than guru, the Pied Piper, the rats follow you. Yeah. That's yeah. what I would say. Yeah. So they're okay. That, that I made, I made agree with that last one, but uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, you know, so the quick one I got to ask you about, and I don't, it didn't catch on or maybe it has, I don't know. Did you see the marble racing? I did. That, Beautiful in its simplicity and <laughs> everything. My bold prediction in week one of this was that will be the thing that comes out of this. We will migrate to marble racing, although I, I it seems to have drifted a little bit, uh, and I'm not sure if that's a production issue or what. Um, but there is this inane appetite, right, for live. Like, are you watching a lot of the old stuff right now? Are you? No, I'm not. And it like, listen, I I think if there's you know people always say how are you doing. 
Um, and I, I'm great. I'm, not, I'm actually, I'm actually not like I'm doing, I'm doing great. Um, you know, I'm not minding working from my home office and hanging out with my family a lot. Like I, so far so good. Now, mind you, it's only been a week and a half. Right. Um, so ask me in a month, maybe I'll have a different opinion, but what I miss is March Madness. NBA getting ready for the playoffs, NHL yeah. drive for the playoffs. And, ah, I desperately miss that stuff. Um, the marble racing just didn't quite do it for me. I oh, I thought it was spectacular because you can gamble on it. <laughs> I, it's the first time I saw that was like, what the hell? Why isn't the red one winning? Why? The, here comes the red one. The red one will catch it this this time. The red one for sure. Um, no, but you know, and I've made light of this on a couple of conversations. So I'm probably repeating myself, but I, in my old life, as uh, you know, doing afternoon sports talk, that day before and day after Major League Baseball's All Star Game was death, right? Like, oh my God, four four hours. We had to do four hours. There's nothing tonight, and you know, it, it, thank God for Tom Brady. Like, if it wasn't <laughs> for Tom Brady, what would us sports guys be talking about, right? Yeah, I do. I I miss it. I mean, other than this has been postponed, this has been, you know, changed. Yeah. They, like, oh, my God, like, I, like that part saddens me, too, because I just, I, you know, I'm looking forward to watching the Masters. Oh, right. It's not going to happen. Right. Looking forward to watching Wimbledon. Oh, right. It's probably not going to happen. I mean, even even locally, right? I mean, I was so excited about going to watch the women's volleyball national championships at the university of Calgary a couple of weeks ago and Mount Royal finally made it. They've never done that. Yeah. And of course, no, so you can't do that. Yeah. Um, and so that part has been, you now I'm a sports guy. Yep. Uh, so, but I, I don't know. I think, I, I think for a lot of people, this has reminded us of the importance and the role that sport plays in our day-to-day lives. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's, so, it, it does, it does that for sure. Go yeah. ahead. Um, so, I mean, you know, yeah, kind of to your question about, you know, what are the implications of this? What I hope happens or what I hope doesn't happen, um, sorry, is that people, there is this kind of like, ugh, we didn't miss it. Who cares? Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think, I think as soon as we're allowed to kind of get back in there and start playing the games again, people are just going to have this euphoric, oh, thank goodness. And this hallelujah. And let's get back out there and start cheering on our teams and being active or not being active because people are still being active, but in a communal sense, um, as opposed to just individually. Why isn't the historical stuff? Uh, maybe I shouldn't for us, let's just say you and I, why aren't we watching historical sports? Well, for me, it's, it's knowing the outcome. Um, yeah it loses its luster and that you know in many respects again i'm still very much and i think that's why sport and television are still such good good uh partners because people don't want to watch it a day later i do i admittedly i do pvr um sporting events but i make a real effort to not figure out what the score is um while i'm watching them yeah which is which is not easy to do right because i mean you can't basically turn on anything and you have to completely isolate yourself from any kind of communication um particularly if it's a big game um but for the most part again you're watching these things live because you want to be in the moment you want to feel that euphoria you want to feel that passion and that connection and so and and there are very 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 few Things that are like that, that are so time sensitive to it happens right now. I want to watch it right now. Um, quite honestly, I'm just trying to think if there's another example. I can't think of. The well, top of my- I, I, I'm thinking of my teen, my, she's not my teenage daughter, but uh, my oldest now with the the big brother and those types of mm-hmm. that kind of reality programming, which I've never bought into. But I mean, as we've gone through this transition from from cable to over the top, um you know the the platforms and everything. It it remind we were reminded by the power of sport. I mean, if you look at the top rated programming, most of it's NFL football. The rest of it's sports for all for all intents and purposes. And it's the only thing that still generates any kind of uh, revenue in terms of rights fees, right? Yeah. On for for television. So I think uh, I mean it's I I think for you know how we come out of this and mm. what transpires. I'm part again, you know, here, here's a first world problem. I'm really concerned about 
there just being way too much sport on TV all at once all of a sudden because I'm just not going to be able to consume it all um, where I've gone through this massive drought you know, for the next two months and all of a sudden everything's going to be on again and I'm going to want to watch 24 seven and I'm not going to be able to, <laughs> not going to be able to manage it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that is obviously the challenge of, of, you know, what, who's hanging in, who's going to cancel, who's going to, I mean, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The way it sounds is we might have major league baseball, NFL, NHL, and NBA all going on in August, right? Mm-hmm. If, if that's the timeline, it's possible. It's, it's possible. Right. Yeah. And that so puts a lot of strain. That's going to put a lot of strain on a lot of things. To your point, it's, you know, we've been drinking. We haven't had any water. Oh, but now here's a fire hose. Have at her. <laughs> so I, I've already, you know, I'm, I'm anticipating that that deluge is going to happen in August. So I'm already trying to do my prep for September's classes. You know, if 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 we actually do offer classes again in September, I'm trying to get it ready now so that I can enjoy August and watch as much TV sports as I can possibly manage. What are you missing the most? Um, I think, I think kind of cheering for my teams, like the flames and the Raptors right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just feeling part of that communal drive to the playoffs. Um, I think that part I miss, I'm a Duke basketball fan. Yep. Um, so, you know, it was funny. I was taunting some friends of mine who are North Carolina fans. Cause there was a game on TV, uh, last week that was a taped game from like 2009 and it's where Duke, you know, Austin Rivers son or, uh, no, is it Austin Rivers? No, yeah, whoever Doc Rivers' son, Austin Rivers, mm-hmm. scores the winning bucket. You know, with two seconds left to beat North Carolina. And of course, you know, I knew that, but I so <laughs> texting my friends who are North Carolina fans. Okay, this is the game you want to watch because I know what the outcome is. I know that Duke wins it in the last second on an Austin Rivers shot, and I know how much you're going to hate that. So tune in right now. I, I mean, I was desperate to taunt somebody. I was desperate to chirp. Um, and so yeah. I miss, I miss that. Yeah. You know, it's even last, you know, last night there were a group of guys, about six of us who were all kind of texting each other. So Curly Neal passed away yesterday. Ah, uh, yes, yes. From the Harlem Globetrotters. Yep. And he had gone to a sports camp that all of us had worked at as kids, um, university and high school and university students called Olympia sports camp, which is up in Huntsville. And Curly Neal came up and was like a guest coach, um, for a little bit anyways the six of us were all kind of texting each other and uh just kind of kibitzing and we live all over live all over canada now but we have been in a we've been in a march madness pool together the six of us since 1987 and we've done it every year since 1987 and of course this is the first year that we didn't do it um and and it, you know, it was funny because there's, I, I had kind of forgotten that, that that was a tradition that we have done since 1987. Um, and so, but this idea of Curly Neal passing away and the fact that we hadn't done our basketball pool together, it brought us back together last night. And I ended up even just FaceTiming, you know, one of them just because I had missed him and I hadn't talked to him in such a long time. And so uh, it was just kind of fun um, that sport was what brought me and, you know, my buddies back together. Oddest thing that I'll ever say is Curly Neal is the best basketball player I ever saw live. But would, would have been between him and Meadowlark Lemon, because I have not had a. I mean, I I've seen bits and dra- drabs of of the NBA, but I never got to see the superstars of the NBA. I maybe I have. Is 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 Curly Neal a better basketball player than um, than Lowry, than Kyle Lowry? It's you know what. Listen, I mean. It's hard to say, right? Because if they were better as basketball players as opposed to entertainers, I mean, it's, and first of all, I don't know how much money they would have made as Harlem Globetrotters. Um, they were bigger, I, though, when you and I were younger, right? Yeah, like they, yeah, yeah. They and were maybe, much bigger. And maybe, well, particularly compared to the NBA, right? Um, like well, I, that, like that's I, what I mean. They were on, they were on um, Wide World of Sport. Like, that's right. You'd see the Harlem Globetrotters come to your town, but you'd also see them on TV, which you and don't this is, this is Yeah, this is back in the day when you know, the NBA was the finals weren't even on national television, right? I think yeah. they were on tape delay or something like that. That's when magic was playing with the Lakers and Larry Bird with the Celtics. Like I, it yeah. didn't really kind of come onto the public consciousness nationally until after that. But yeah, you're right. Maybe they were making more money as Harlem Globetrotters than they would have been as NBA basketball players. At, at that time. And I'm not, I'm not really being, you know, serious about better than Adam Lowry, but I will say he was the best basketball. I just remember when I saw him once the crowd, and I think once up in Edmonton, <laughs> and it would have been Curly Neal, Metal Arc Lemon, and it was just like nothing I'd ever seen. Like so it the, just... deal, 
the drill that we had, and it's funny because one of the guys actually had a pictures a picture of it that he sent out last night. It was this drill where Curly Neal was basically standing at the free throw line, and we had two lines, and you would pass the ball in to Curly Neal, and then you would drive to the basket, and there'd be two of you doing it at the same time, but you didn't know where the ball was going to come from, and he was doing all these tricks with these balls and stuff like that, and all of a sudden it would come flying out, <laughs> and inevitably would hit you in the head because you just you were not expecting it coming from that particular way or direction or something like that and you could just see all the guys kind of standing around like killing themselves laughing because they just you couldn't you just couldn't imagine how he was able to move the ball in so many different ways um and then suddenly this pass right on you just as you needed to go up for the layup but you were just laughing so hard that you couldn't do anything about it i i, I might have missed it because i i don't i'm not omnipresent i don't see everything but i've always <laughs> wanted to see the 60 and 60 on the washington generals like I've always wanted, because and this is an honest to God, and I'm not. I wanted to. St- I don't steal things, but a year ago, not this past visit, but a, a couple years ago, when the uh, the Harlem Globetrotters were in town, uh, I happened to be walking downstairs at the in the dome, and for those who know the event level, there's a small studio and a big studio. The small studio had Washington Generals video. Uh, on it and i'm like so you guys watch video what's what it has to be an inside joke like it has to be like yeah we're gonna throw up yeah this is where the washington generals come down and break tape on the harlem globetrotters you may may have to explain why that's so funny because the younger the generation they don't know who the washington Washington generals Generals are. are oh my god so the washington generals are the team that See, and the crazy part about this is I'm not 100% sure, but I believe the Washington Generals did beat the Harlem Globetrotters on a couple of occasions. I do believe there's a couple of losses mixed in there. And I always thought that was like they go to Palookaville, right? Hey, we got to give the Generals something. We're playing in Palookaville. Ah, let them win, right? So the Washington Generals are the opposition. And you mentioned Curly Neal, and I was watching the tribute video, and here you have these athletic basketball players like Metal Arc Lemon and Curly Neal, and then they're going up against the Washington Generals, and the and the guys jogging in a circle. Like these are, these are. I'm assuming the recruitment for the Washington Generals was Div three schools. You guys have guys that don't play. Like anybody, really nice guys, excellent people, good human beings who really want to be basketball players. Could we get them? Like. Uh, <laughs> Like, what's that like? Hey, we got an opportunity to play pro ball. Oh, is it Europe? Is it in the G League? No, the Washington Generals are recruiting you. Like, it's it's incredible. And probably the hardest job in pro sports, right? That would have been quite an experience, eh? Like, traveling the continent, well, the world, actually, I guess, and losing 99.9% of the time and being the butt of the joke. Oh, yeah. Every night, right? Like, every night. Like, uh, oh, hey, Curly Neal's going to beat all of you guys, and then they're going to bring a ladder out, and he's going to go up the ladder. And uh, it's just – and then, like I say, walking, it was so surreal to see it in the Dome. Hey, Washington General's video. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are going to finally figure out they're using two balls? What? Well, no. I mean, but again, it's it's that whole – it's the theatrics of it, right? It's a bit like pro wrestling, I guess, in some respects. It's a lot like pro wrestling, isn't um, it? It's the, it's, it's the show. And so the video is probably them, you know pr- – uh, perfecting their being the foil, being the. So you believe David Lake actually believes the Washington Generals watch video? <laughs> yeah, I do. And you think probably... they watch? That's the most ass nine thing ever said on this podcast. The Washington, <laughs> I will guarantee you, the Washington Generals are not watching video. They are to improve their performance to make sure that they're being the best comic foil that they can be. Holy cow! <laughs> hey. But you you want to see that ESPN thirty and thirty or sixty and sixty whatever it is right? you want to see that right the Washington Generals yeah that's that's the one I want to see and then but how do you get that head coaching job are you you've been fired from every NBA T staff <laughs> yeah you're qualified come on in what do you do that's just true. sit there show them video in the daytime I guess I don't lose. know just lose just lose lose and lose, and lose. Oh. did the did the Harlem Globetrotters get because they they don't they're not as they don't have the stature that they used to. Have. They had, when you and I were kids, it's a pretty big deal, right? Like yeah. Harlem Globetrotters. Well, to, your, to your point, they were more popular than the NBA. That's right. an interesting question, eh? Like, why did their just their life cycle just social media? Out. Yeah, um, you know, I think part of it is 
is the style of humor that they had. It was very much of the same era as Bob Hope and mm, yeah, kind of, yeah, you know, that shtick. And it doesn't, I don't know if that translates anymore. There's not a lot of sarcasm and irony in the uh, Harlem Globetrotters, which would probably, yeah. you know. Yeah, just... yeah. It, now, again, I, I, I say all that really without knowing kind of how, what the, no, I, know, I, I know they were here recently, but I didn't, I didn't see them. So I don't really have much to compare to. Um, but I wonder if that's just a change but, in the way people like their entertainment. They were on frickin' Gilligan's Island. Like they did a whole Gilligan's Island TV movie about the Harlem Globetrotters coming to the island, right? Like they're not, you know, they're not making a Harry Potter movie with the Harlem Globetrotters. It just doesn't translate, right? No, but and again, I mean, maybe it's just that's just the normal life cycle of pop culture too. Um, you know, things just only can be, I don't know, relevant for a period of time, and then they just lose yeah. that unless unless they're constantly adapting and changing. Well, it's like the marble racing. Like We talked about this before. I mean, when, when we were young guys, the heavyweight boxing champion of the world, the, the Kentucky Derby champion, you know, th there was all these individual sports that were, mm. you know, the most important people in the world, so to speak, and, and yep. they don't carry that weight yet. Now the, the popularity of UFC and you know, and, and even the rise of esports, it's it's societal will pick and, and choose. Um, but there is something, like I said, they were on wide world of sport. We don't see much barrel jumping anymore either, if you'll remember. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of barrel jumping. Well, and so, you know, going again, back to your kind of original question that you asked about, you like, what is this pandemic? Yeah. How does it change sport? How does it change the marketing and the, you know, our viewership? Like, you know, again, we'll, we'll, we won't know for sure until five years down the road, but to your point, maybe eSports suddenly gets a toehold um, outside of the existing kind of electronic games uh, culture, and it, and it morphs into more of the kind of the, the, the public consciousness on a broader scale. I mean, you saw that Formula One did a race virtually you know, virtually yeah. um you know I, I think iron man is looking at having athletes participate virtually um in some capacities and i'm not uh, saying i'm not saying this foolishly but you mean like using their peloton bikes and and yeah. and doing those sort of things eh yeah uh -huh. or at least i think i think it's being considered i know i know for instance i think you know for the paris 2024 olympic and paralympic games for the marathon they've talked about ways to have people be able to participate as if they're in the race, um, but doing so virtually. Um, Not competitors, but to, to allow the audience to participate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you start to see this transition between the virtual reality, augmented reality, and just the and the online avatar side of things. Maybe, you know, something like this allows that to take a step forward that otherwise would have taken a longer period of time to kind of, tr you know, transition through. Um, you know, you saw a couple of, I think it was the Phoenix Suns that ended up, they're still playing their, you know, their, their games, but they're on the youth, NBA 2K. Yeah. On the NBA 2K. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you know, these little, little kind of steps, maybe they add up together, um, to transition to this esport, other reality types of participation that we wouldn't have seen maybe so quickly without this this health crisis. Well, you know, we did a show what two years ago now on the, the two new, the two vices that were gaining popularity and acceptance in a professional sports and, and right. you know, in marijuana and sponsorship and then gambling, sports gambling. Um, to me, sports gambling will hold the key to, to a lot of what's going to become popular because it's, as we talked about, there's nothing out there right now. And you've yeah. got all these startup books and all of these, you know, the, the number of states now that offer sports booking or sports books yeah. and, and gambling, I guess, uh, is incredible. Will well, you talked about, talk about why you were interested in the marble racing, right? Um, oh, they'll gamble that... on it. They'll gamble on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I would think. I, I, and that to me is esports. If you're talking about and I we've had this conversation as well about esports. I don't know if it's mainstream anymore. They are mainstream. They don't care what our mainstream is. They're mainstream. But traditional sports gamblers, will they migrate over there? And, and I know there is some form of, of online gambling already. But, you know, if I can't put down my my bets on baseball games or anything, am I going to go, you know, gamble on the new on the new Overwatch League? Right. Right. But it is it's an interesting time, isn't it? I mean, I, 
I've so far I have not used the word unprecedented, and I've also not used the word pivot, which I'm very proud of myself. Um, but yeah, but it's hard to talk about this. Well, it's hard not to use the p words. There's no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> so you and I are both wrestling fans. Have you watched the live wrestling in no in uh, venues with no fans? Have you watched no. either? You haven't watched WWE or AEW? I haven't. And it's funny because I tried watching Aussie Rules football last weekend when it was on briefly. Um, but they did it with no fans. They did it. Eh? So they started the they started the league and they had five games on TSN. TSN was just so desperate to show anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, that they had five Aussie Rules football games. But there was no there were no fans in the stands. It was a very different experience for me watching it. I didn't like it. Um, same thing with wrestling. It, it's to me it, it's just it loses that Whoa, It's a completely different animal. It really yeah. is. And, you know, to watch these wrestlers come out and with their opening, you know, music and their pyros and they're doing all, they're looking and playing off the crowd that isn't there, which yeah. is really weird. And then they get into to, to cut promos and everything. And some of them are going, why am I yelling? I don't need to yell. <laughs> it's, and then they, and when they do the matches, it's so eerie because nobody's reacting to anything. Yeah. And it's funny because that's a little bit kind of how I grew up with wrestling. Um, The the stuff that I used to watch on TV was out of the mid Atlantic. It was out of, I think North Carolina or something like that. Mid Atlantic, mid mid Atlantic championship wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And they had it in a studio, but they did have a studio audience, albeit not a huge one, like 30 people or something. Right. They did have a, and an audience and i think that makes all the difference in the world i but i guess that's why game shows do it in front of live studio audiences or you know the voice or whatever they have that audience there because it changes it totally changes the viewing pleasure that i get out of watching knowing that there are live people there so i watched the wwe they did it first and they did it at their performance center and they have the commentators the cameramen and the wrestlers then I watched the AEW did it. AEW took the wrestlers not wrestling and put them on the sides. And mm. so they had, you know, made such a difference. It was like 10 wrestlers, but they were ooing and aahing and reacting. And it just made it. And then uh, now they had to go away from that because it was still way too many people within the venue. So right, uh, right. they've gone back. And uh, again, um, you know, w- what a challenge it is going to be to restart both of those loops, too, because... You know, mass gatherings are, are might be the last thing that, you know, we might have sports, but I'm not sure if we're going to have mass gatherings right away. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now, admittedly, if the NBA, because I know they've talked about it starting back up again, but just doing it in arenas with no fans, I'll take it. Um, but it won't be it won't be my ideal. It'll be interesting to see how WrestleMania plays out, actually. Um, yeah. And but, you know, you see the biggest problem they're having right now. They're losing. No, they're losing competitors. They're losing. Now they've had, in the last week or so, they've had to change a bunch of matches because they've got wrestlers that are self-isolating. In one case, um, Roman Reigns, I believe, has come out and said because of his leukemia, he's concerned about his immune system, having gone through what he's gone through. So he doesn't want to put himself into danger. And how can you blame him, right? Um, So, and that is, and it's funny you say that because uh, the WWE Took, and I want to venture into this with you as well, took the unprecedented step of saying, hey, we're going to open up a whole bunch of content on our app. And I've never had the app before, but I went and, oh, okay, I'll take a look. And I can watch all the WrestleManias. So I've been watching like uh, WrestleMania 3 and all of that stuff when I was a kid, just go back and visit it. And now to think that they're going to take that event and, and do it with no fans over two days, it's so bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well... You know, again, I, I don't want to use that word, but unprecedented. Um, I, there's been nothing like this. It really is a, a strange mm-hmm. uh, circumstance. Yeah. Like it, 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 seem, it sometimes seems like we're in a movie. Um, you know, the, yeah, but the, the zombies are supposed to come. That's the part that I don't get, right? So far, it's, uh, so far, it's, what's that? <laughs> Patience. Yeah, patience. All right. <laughs> so what, okay, for me, I want to ask you, what was what's your... This is real moment. What's been the this is happening moment for you? Because I, I, you know, I got to be honest with you. I've taken weeks off from work and just sat in my office and watched stuff and worked, the, you know, puttered away at my computer. That part isn't really that impactful to me. It, it's starting to be, but it has been. What was that one 
hit home moment for you? Um, I mean, it's, it, it's little things. It's like, um, we're planning trips now to the grocery store. Um, and we're not doing it as a couple. So my wife, Julie and I aren't going together to the grocery store. One of us goes, mm. um, it's just little things like that where I'm just like, yeah, this is different. Um, or even, you know, when I'm walking the dog, people won't, they'll, you know, again, we kind of go to the two sides of yep. the path. Yep. Um, and keep your distance. It's it's little things like that that I've went. Wow, this is this is significant. This is uh, yeah. this is important. Um, this is perhaps. And I have to admit, I was probably um, when initially this was happening, I was perhaps you know not thinking it as to be as serious as it, as it's turned out to be. Um, I was just like, ah, you know, it's just another flu. Come on. I think we're way overblowing this. Um, were you on that? You were on the flu side thing? I was a little bit. I have to admit when it first, when it first started happening, I think I was leaning on that side. Hmm. I don't think I fully appreciated the significance of this. Um, well, no, and I, I don't want to suggest I did either, but, um, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, that makes sense. And just, you know, uh, the, the, the kind of the pop culture icon that, um, you know, our medical yeah. leaders have taken on, which is kind of, kind of neat. Um, it, it, you know, every, yes. thir- yeah. every day, every day at three 30, right. People are tuning in, uh, you know, trying to see what the latest update is as it relates to, you know, COVID in Alberta context. Hey, um, it, there, there are a few things. Well, we talk about the importance of sport, mm-hmm. um, how it can galvanize a broad base of community. But this is one of those things where this is this is an, uh, involving everybody, and I again I can't remember a time where the news cycle has been so dominated by one thing. Um, and it's funny I, I I read McLean's magazine and I was just reading an old pretty an old copy of it, and it was talking about the fires in Australia um, and what a big deal that was within Australia context. Yeah. Like that was just in January and December, but it seems like it was like decades decades ago oh but that's the world we live in now because information is is you know is consumed so quickly it's available so quickly and Mm -hmm. let's be perfectly honest we do have some people that are doing it on a daily basis setting the bar again and again and again it it you know it really become and i i go back to we keep touching on it the importance of sport when i worked sports radio to me you know it, it was always about the role of sport. Sport was supposed to be the distraction. Sport was supposed to be that thing that took you away from the daily grind that uh, just, if you're having a bad day, your team's playing, you can turn it off and you can think about that. That at its purity was professional sport, not amateur sport, but professional sport. And boy, is that ever, is that, you know, you could, I think we could all, we all watch, you know, Dr. Hinshaw or Dr. Fauci or whoever and go, man, I could really use a hockey game right now. Or I could really use a basketball game right now because that's yeah, a lot the, to process, right? Because, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, you know, nobody's going to live or die as a result. But it, but it's important and it's, and it's fun and it's passion and it's – I miss it. Um, I do. And maybe, yeah, like maybe that little bit of escapism and just distraction – is something you know that that we're missing uh, you know uh, perhaps actually you know you're asking me when did it all really hit home for me it's that when suddenly the sports weren't on more and you know the tickets that i had for the flames tampa bay game on saturday night are still sitting in my you know my drawer going unused um i missed i missed that uh i, I miss being able to think about when it, and who I'm cheering for and you know again like I, I am so passionate about you know the Raptors or Flames or you know my my relationship with the Steelers that I'll cheer for the the teams that are kind of playing against them and, and and you know as far as competing for those playoff spots and so particularly with the NHL the last you know three or four weeks like I was watching scores quite closely just because of all the other teams that were competing with the Flames to sneak into the playoffs yeah um, I don't have that now like that distraction that and, and that enjoyment um, that I got from that. I'm missing. I, I do. I miss that. Yeah. And, you know, we made light of it earlier, which was Tom Brady. But boy, was that a reminder of 
that's something chewy, something we all have an opinion on, something for three or four days that we could just – I think yeah. it was – if it was a year ago, I would have said, wow, have we overblown this. Holy crap, have we gone – but, man, it was the antidote at the right time, right? Because you, had, you could have a victim, you could have a hero, you could have a villain, you could have all the things that make sport great in it, depending on where you came from. But if nothing else, it just underlines what I said before was, okay, let's – yeah, let's talk about this. Let's yeah. let's. Why is he going to Tampa Bay? Um, and I think you know, I think right now my anxiety. You know, again, we talked about this. I think right at the outset is like right now I'm actually doing pretty good. Um, but I start getting a little bit more antsy. I'm a bit. If I knew right now, but I'm sure, and I'm sure this is human nature, and it's just like most other people, I'm not alone in this. If I knew that this was all going to be good and done by August first. And that, you know, I could at least start thinking, okay, August 1st, the NBA and the NHL are going to finish up their season. NFL is going to start on, you know, the week after the second week of September. If, like, then I could probably just relax <laughs> and enjoy the break. But I can't because I'm just like, oh, what if it doesn't end? What if, what if, they, what if they never go back? Well, ah. that's, the, that's the other challenge in all of this is we do not deal with not knowing very well. Yeah. Right. I, like, <laughs> right. I like my schedules. I like knowing the Masters is this weekend, Wimbledon is this weekend. Like, I like that. I like knowing my schedule. It's driving me nuts. So, what do you? What's driving you through? Give us, give us your. Um, you know, are you are you binge watching? What? Because everybody seems to be, hey, I'm watching this, or I'm I'm doing that, or what's getting you through these uncertain times? Well. And I think this is this is my nature. I'm actually getting to things that I've kind of had on the back burner for a while. So there's a, you know, as any good academic, I got a couple of papers that I just have not gotten around to writing. I'm getting to those. Um, even things around the house, right? I mean, there's been a couple of things that I've gotten to that perhaps I would have, you know, let slide yeah. um, or put off till another day. Then I have the chance to do that. I'm telling you, our dog has been the beneficiary of this more than anything else. Cause I think I've walked him, um, and even you know, exploring different parts of Cochrane and different trails that I, maybe I don't go on very often, as opposed to just doing the same old, same old. So I'm trying to see this as an opportunity. I'm trying mm-hmm. to see this as a a chance to do some stuff that maybe I haven't done or get to things that I haven't done in a while. But again, it's only been a week and a half, so uh, that might get pretty old pretty quick. Um, I'm trying to enjoy the time that I have with my wife and my two sons that are home. Our third son is still at college, uh, interestingly enough, but should be coming home pretty soon. So, you know, I'm trying to enjoy having everybody home, having everybody here. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And, you know, ask, ask me again in uh, three weeks. Well, we probably will do one before then, but are you binge watching anything? Are you watching this thing about a tiger guy or whatever? Are you into any of that stuff? My wife and I did watch one Netflix series, Haggy Guri. It's about a Tokyo cop who goes to London to find his brother. Highly recommend it. I think that I think I got the name right. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, we haven't. Um, we're we're gonna watch Parasite tonight. We you know. Oh okay. So we have our date night tonight, and uh, we've decided we're already already gonna watch Parasite. What did we watch? We watched uh, Rocket Man mm-hmm. the other night, mm-hmm. which was pretty good. Um, we are, you know, we watch The Voice and we watch Grey's Anatomy, and so we're getting, we finally got caught up on those. So we're totally up to date on those PVR shows. Um, that's about it. What about you? Got any recommendations? I, I, like I said, I've been watching last couple of days a lot of old uh, WWF stuff from the '80s when I was a kid, <laughs> uh, just to see if I remember it the same way. Um, and boy, has times uh, times changed. Um, it, you know, it, it, it it's. Isn't it odd though watching events with crowds? Like I know we've only been doing this for a little while, but I keep watching these events where there's sixty, seventy thousand people going. This isn't safe. You can't do this. That's right. right. That's bad. bad. That's bad. 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 Have I, have I talked to you since I had Bret Hart come to my class? Well, and that that's part of what I've been doing is I really been watching a lot of Bret Hart and a lot of Bulldogs. Um, you know that. No, you hadn't because uh, you brought him in your class, right? It was awesome. Again, you know, like. You know, my people were talking about um, Peyton Manning going online and talking yeah. to students. And see, well, I had Bret Hart in my class. You know, anyways. Um, so as we were walking into class, I said, "Hey, what what's your favorite match?" Or you know, what, tell me what one of your favorite matches is. And he goes, 
uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania, Chicago, United yeah. Center. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's a good one. So as we get into the classroom, I call it up um, on YouTube. I find the match and we watch it. They had an abbreviated version. Um, so it took about 15 minutes to watch this abbreviated version. And then he spent the kind of the rest of the class talking about that match and kind of the ins and the outs of it and the lead up to it and the fallout after it and how it all worked and what he liked about it and why he would have considered that one of his favorite matches. I was in my glory. I was so, so happy to be there at that exact moment. <laughs> well, he, he I absolutely loved it. So one of the, that WWE app I was talking about, the, the only thing they made free was the pay-per-views and, and some of their recent uh, talking head programs. And they had uh, Steve Austin had Bret Hart on, and they talked about that match. And it was spectacular, absolutely spectacular. Um, and I'm sure you got the same thing about um, how, even as he was coming, he, he was not, he did not think this was going to be a good match. Like, but when it happened, it just, it went over. And the blood, like, just ha- having two guys talk about the importance of blood and how excited they were about him bleeding, it was fantastic. Right? Oh, yeah. I was I was in my glory. I could have spent another three hours doing that tough conversation. You know, the other part, too, that, um, and, and we should do this with him as a Calgary study, is um, the pay-per-view that they had here in 1997 uh, during Stampede. Uh, there was it was incredible. There was only four wrestling matches on it, but uh, mm. but the the end was a big ten ten person tag match. And I had often heard Stone Cold Steve Austin talk you know about crowds, and he said there's never been a crowd like this one in in Calgary for the Calgary Stampede or Canadian Stampede. And I had never seen the event. Uh, I don't know why, but I hadn't. And I watched that in this in this bonanza of pay-per-views. And give yourself a pat on the back, Calgary, in 1997. That is unreal. Like, you, you've got to go back and find this if you haven't seen it. Because uh, as fans of wrestling that you and I are, you know what a difference a crowd can make. And, and you know what it's like when, the, you know, the big guy comes out and everybody goes nuts. Well, this is everybody goes nuts for two and a half hours. Like it's absolutely insane. And then to see the Hart family come up into the ring with Stu and Helen and all the brothers and all the kids and everything like that, it is such a quintessential Calgary moment um, that I highly recommend people. If you if you have any kind of interest, take advantage of the app being free right now. And, and okay, go, so go. I I have not got, done that myself. I'm going to do that. And I didn't know. I knew that Bret Hart had had the conversation with Stone Cold Steve Austin, but I didn't go, know that. Go that watch a, it. It's yeah. it's good. He talks. They mostly they talk about that match you talked about, huh? but they do talk a little bit about this Canadian Stampede, um, and it's okay. it's worthwhile. And just you know, again, not to make everything about Calgary. But you go back to the early 80s and you watch these guys and perform and and how everybody was so excited about the British Bulldogs and how everybody was so excited about the Hart Foundation. And even then, you could see Bret Hart. Um, the, the guys that knew knew. Now you go back and watch it. with a, a, At the time, I remember being in high school and, and college and, and watching this and going, I, I'm the only person that knows this. I, I'm the only, I'm watching them. They're from Stampede Wrestling. They're so much better than everybody. You go back and watch it now. The guys, the Jesse Venturas and the Bobby Heenans and the Gorilla Monsoons, and these are guys that had been, I know they're entertainers, but they've been around. They knew. They knew these guys were special. They knew Bret Hart was special. It's fascinating watching him going from being this tag team specialist to you could see them build him up over a couple of years to, you know, what he became. It was just a fascinating journey. And as a Calgary guy, and I don't know if you've noticed, but there's also, I don't know how we ended up down here, but that's our podcast. That's how it rolls. There's a guy on Twitter right now uh, that is putting out a ton of stampede. I don't know if you've seen the little clips. It, and I guess he's doing it on Instagram too. Um, hmm. uh, Stomper, I think it's something Stomper, but he's been putting out a ton of Stampede wrestling video. Oh, and it's so much fun to watch um, because back then in the you know the first couple of WrestleManias, punch, kick, punch, kick, punch, kick, punch, kick, and then these guys from Calgary come, and all of a sudden they're throwing in a few things. They're doing what the Japanese are doing and everything. And you know I wouldn't say they're high flyers like they are now, but Boy, was it revolutionary at the time. Again, through the prism of time and, and knowing what we know. 
I love how every time we do a podcast, somehow we end up talking about wrestling. I do too. I do too. <laughs> I, I I spent last night with a friend of mine, Brent Gibbs, and I was watching WrestleMania five, and I kept texting him everything that was going on, like it was brand new, right? Um, it, you know, it, it to speaks to what we were talking about before. It speaks to that release. It is so goofy, corny, funny. There is some elements you can take it very seriously. Like you say, you bring Brett into a classroom. And Brett did not sit there and talk to your students with a smile on his face. He did not sit there and chuckle and go, boy, did we pull one over on those guys. He talked technical, right? Yeah. Like he walked them through. He explained oh, yeah. every every cause, every action had a reaction, every cause yeah. had a – it's fascinating to, to understand the process. Yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Other than other than the class that you came in, that was my favorite class. Of the right. Year. Yes. Again, guys <laughs> that that should have been laughing at what they're doing, but took it very seriously. Right. <laughs> very seriously. Um, I'm not sure we solved anything. No. No. <laughs> no. No. We didn't. <laughs> but we, at least we determined which pod. Oh, by the way, do you want music for this podcast? Ooh. That'd be great. Okay. I'll I'll see if I can come up with some music because we've never had music. It's been cold oh. in, cold out. So, wow. so I'll see if we can come up with some music. <laughs> I got nothing else to do, right? Is that it? Good talking to you. Okay, I didn't know if you froze. Like, I'm, it's been a couple no, times no, we've gotten still, poor. Hey, he's just still here. Okay. Hey, it's been good talking. Your to hair, you. your haircut, man. Oh boy, do I! Oh, you have no idea how badly I need a haircut, and it's not getting better because I don't think a haircut for Rob is an essential service. No, right? exactly. Yeah. You know, so you might not recognize me when we come out of this. <laughs> That's the other thing. You know, if this if this goes on for two months, just think how we're all, we're all going to look. Oh, uh, rough, rough, <laughs> rough. Like either it is, we're all going to come out one way or the other. Either we become so obsessed with working out because we got nothing else to do, we're now going to come out and we won't recognize us. Or, ah, the hell with it, I'll, I'll work out when it's over. And we're, <laughs> right? How come my clothes don't fit? That's right. I need more jerseys. Right? Snacking right. all day, every day. Exactly. You're a good man, David Leg. I, um, I'm, I'm afraid to say though, we've done this and we've solved nothing. <laughs> <laughs>